The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Thank you for joining us once again. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He is Big Chris Newton. We are Jamie D and Big Newt. We come at you every other week in the off season, every week during the regular season, and we faithfully bring you the latest in Bill's talk, gossip, our opinions, and a variety of other things that you just can't live without. The man sitting on the other end is Big Newt. Big Chris, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? What up, though? How you doing? <laughs> you know what? L- living the dream over here. Live it. I mean, I'm a Buffalo Bills podcaster. Now, granted, it's just a hobby, but does it get better than this? It doesn't, man. Especially, like I said, giving content during the summertime to get us through these last couple of months before we get it geared up. It's it's the quiet time of the year. It's between OTAs. It's before training camp. And usually we have to manufacture things to discuss this time of year. But we actually have an interesting topic. What's which that? Is, well, both Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been given contract extensions. And you and I, buddy, we are going to talk about whether they're really all that good as coaches and whether or not they even deserve that extension. But first Mm. you had an awesome experience or at least your son Jalen did. And you got to tell folks about it. Okay, man. Well, like I told you two weeks ago, we were on, we were getting ready. Uh, Jalen and I went down to South Carolina this past week and he played in the uh, spring football, AAU national championship for AAU. And so uh, we won our first couple of games. We got the number one seed going in the bracket play. We played. We wound up losing in the national semis to a very good North Carolina United team. Mm-hmm. But um, one of our, which I didn't know until you know, hanging out in the lobby, having spirits, you know how the parents and coaches do on these trips. Mm-hmm. You know, find out that one of our uh, assistant coaches, Coach Gig, shout out to him, he played at Virginia Tech. Um, and so he told us that night, he's like, yeah, we got a surprise for the kids. The more I'm like, what, what's, what's going on? He was like, yeah, I got the, you know, Edmonds brothers. You know, I played with them in college. They're going to come talk to the kids before the uh, game. And I'm like, all right. So in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, right. You know, we just, you know, you drinking a little bit. You know, you're like, yeah, all right, whatever. You know, and then sure enough, before the game, the kids was warming up. He called them in, and and uh, Tremaine and his brother Trey um, came and talked to the kids. 
And, what a great experience. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get the tape because I didn't hear it because I was, you know, I do the videos, obviously. So I was, I got a picture of them talking to the kids, but I couldn't, I was too far away to hear what they actually said. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jalen didn't even get to hear Tremaine because he's one of the captains. And so they called the captains up to do the coin talk. So Trey talked first and then Tremaine talked, but Jalen didn't even get to hear him talk because he was out with the captains. So, nope. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I, and so I wanted to t- discuss that today and maybe we could get into it more later on. How do I feel about that? How do I feel about Tremaine Edmonds? And so the whole time I'm on the hill with my camcorder tripod setting up, I'm like, this is pretty cool that, you know, they got NFL players talking to them. But how do I feel about Tremaine Edmonds leaving the Buffalo Bills? So I'm ah. gonna, we, we could get into the uh, McBean stuff, but let's let's come back to that. Okay. All right. All right. So McBean, both of those guys, they are signed through the 2028 season. They've been in Buffalo for six years. This is the second extension they've gotten. And once again, they are tied at the hip when it comes to the contract. And I love, I love that Terry Pagula did that. Like you, a lot of times in organizations, the the head coach and the general manager don't see eye to eye and they try to push each other out and everything else. And that just, that can't be the case because if one goes, most likely they both go. Right. And it's going to entirely be based on numbers. So I like the way they did that. Mm-hmm. But the question is, especially this season, we have a lot of fans who believe that the Buffalo Bills underperformed last season. Mm-hmm. And they believe that, that, Brandon Bean has not earned his keep in the draft, that Sean McDermott isn't keeping his team together on the field and everything else. Do these guys deserve an extension? Mm-hmm. Are you so, asking me? Are you asking me now? Because I can give you an answer. You can give me an answer. <laughs> well, we're going to discuss it in depth, but yeah, I can give you the quick answer. Okay. Give me the quick answer. Yes. They do. Yes. And what do you think? I also believe that they do. However, I am going to feel like uh, I need to poke holes in that. And that's what we're here for. We're here to poke the holes. Yes. Poking the holes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So their record since they've been together has been it's been very good. They have a uh, a six thirty nine winning percentage that ranks near the top in the NFL, and also McDermott is one of the most tenured head coaches in the NFL at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's one it's the uh, best winning percentage in our team's history at this point for a career. Yes, yes, yes. So when you look at the success that they've had. Do you believe that they have overachieved, underachieved, or been right where they need to be? That's a loaded question. Do you mm-hmm. want me to answer that with what society or Bill's Mafia would think or what I think? Why don't you give because us insight into both? Things. Okay. I feel like we're right where we should be. We're contenders. We're since you and I started this pie, we want to be in a situation where year in year out we're contenders. That's where we are right now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like 
Bills Mafia feel like we've underachieved. That's because ESPN and NFL Network is telling us that we're Super Bowl favorites. FanDuel mm-hmm. in Vegas is telling us that we're favorites. So mm-hmm. if you look at it from that point, then yeah, we've underachieved. So going I don't think in, that's how we feel, though. Going into last season, the Buffalo Bills were the Vegas favorites, betting odds favorites to win the Super Bowl. And their odds of that came in at around 9%. So 91% of the time, the Bills do not win the Super Bowl, according to Vegas. But those were the best odds. Yet, I spoke to a good friend of mine who's a diehard fan. And before last season, I said, so what do you think, percentage-wise, are the Bills' chances of winning the Super Bowl? He's like, oh, 60%. What? Sixty <laughs> percent odds of winning the Super Bowl? Um, that's not how sports work. Right. You know, there there's just far too many things that that go into it. That equation is very difficult, and even even the best the the best computer programs that simulate these seasons they run the season like a thousand times to try right. to get uh, a feel for which direction is most likely. Right. So, okay, you play the season a thousand times, the Bills win 10% of it. That's pretty good. Like, if if you tell me that I've got a 10% chance of winning the lottery, I'm going to play the lottery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So... I, I think one of the things we have to do is, and you you brought up a good point, is we have to look at why we have these outsized ex- expectations. And yes, we, we have the media telling us this, but is there a point where familiarity causes people to think that players and teams are better than they actually are? Yes. I, I think that. Yes, most definitely. I, I think that for sure. Most definitely. Isn't that why we start arguing over the guys who are like the number 52 and 53 guys on the roster? Yes, of course. <laughs> that kid, that guy's good. And once again, yeah, right. and, and I'm glad that we could tie this back into my experience last week. Once again, having spirits in the lobby, the coach is like, yeah, man, we're the best team here. We And all this. And I'm sitting there like, have you seen the other teams play? Obviously, I'm not going to tell Jalen and the players that. But you know me. I'm very objective when it comes to my kids. I'll tell you straight up what it is. And it, the, it was a team from Florida that won it all. They probably could be high school teams, right? Wow. The team from North Carolina had dudes literally my size. We fought hard. They had a quarterback that's going to be for real. You know, he was throwing dots. And I'm just like, yeah, we're not, we're good, but we're not this, you know. Mm-hmm. And so – I agree with you to tie it in. It's like, yeah, man, we won the first two games. I'm like, Coach, those teams weren't really that good. But you can't say those things. And so, yeah, familiarity. Like, yeah, we're the best team here. I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't think that at all. You know? So, with the Bills, it's kind of like, yeah, we're, we watch every game. Like, yeah, we see the good things. We're, we're one of the best offices in the league. We got one of the top defenses in the league. But, yeah, Cincinnati's good. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is that guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not saying that we can't do it. No, I think we can, but I wouldn't say we're a shoe-in. Like some no. people really thought we were shoe-ins. And I'm yes. like, no, we're 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 good. We're right where I want to be. We want to be contenders, right? So mm-hmm. one of these years it'll pop. 
But man, we got we got a way to get we got to find out how to stop Kelsey and uh, Patrick Mahomes. And now right. that Burrow boy coming up, oh man! Hey, you got that Burrow boy with those elite <laughs> skill players too, right? Right. right. And you know? let's also not forget we have a vastly improved AFC East that the Bills didn't roll through last season. Mm-hmm. The Bills split, and they even the game that games that they won it wasn't by a wide margin because division games are tough yes they're always tough yeah Mm -hmm. let's talk about brandon bean for a minute brandon bean came out of the gates on fire when it came to the drafts right like you you had the josh allen draft uh matt milano came in i mean they they were bringing in pro bowlers. Right. That hasn't been so much the case over the past couple of years. Do you chalk that up to draft position, scouting, loss in the front office? They haven't had a great draft since Dan Morgan left. Oh, yeah. That could be tied into it, yeah. I just look at it like odds, like you said. Like we the Josh Allen, uh the Tremaine Evans draft. Okay, cool. We got guys as pro bowlers. Uh, Davis White, Deion Dawkins, Milano, uh, Knox, Ed Oliver, and then Tyler mm-hmm. Bass. The whole thing when he came in was we're going to draft well and we're going to develop and retain our guys. Well, with they retained guys, guys. They did it. I mean, they retained everybody pretty much except for Tremaine Edmonds. Mm-hmm. And once again, we I, and I wanted to go up to him so bad and ask him, like, look, I'm nobody. Just tell me the truth. Why is the reason why you love Buffalo? But what he had told me, probably not. But I, I just be want you know, you want to know the truth. You know what I'm saying? You do. Make you sleep better at night. And it took everything for me not to be a weirdo and go up to him and ask him that. Because I, I wish you did though. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it, but I wish you did. And 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 he might have told me, he might have not. You know, and I just didn't want it to be weird. You know what I'm saying? But it would have been great. Like. I wish, once again, going back to the Knights, I wish he would have came to our hotel and had a few with us, and then he would have loosened up, and he probably would have told it freely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe. You know, it's more of a possibility than, you know, just somebody coming up, because he don't know who I am. He don't, you know, oh, I just saw Tremaine Evans. He said this, and I could blow it out. Um, It might have been he wanted the money. We weren't going to give him enough money, or he could have been, you know, he'd rather live in Chicago. We discussed that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, going back to uh, Brandon Bean, that was that was the thing, and he's done it for the most part. Now going back to his drafts, yeah, he drafted those guys, those wins, but there's a lot of losses in there too. You know, there there are some. You know, are we haven't have we gotten the defensive end right? Well, hopefully we do. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, Greg Rousseau Greg seems Rousseau, like a solid player, right? With Greg Rousseau, and he said last couple weeks uh, he tweeted out his goal. He told NFL Network that his goal is to get double-digit sacks. Well, I certainly hope that happens, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but then you say, well, for Greg Rousseau, we got A.J. Epinesa and Boogie Basham, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, the running back position, we probably put too many high picks into the running back position and didn't get it right, right. you know? So it's plus it evens out, you know? But once again, in my book, if you ask Big Newt, I'm cool with it because you got Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And I can't beat that enough. I beat the drum enough. As long as you get that position right, we're good. You know, could we be better yet? And uh, the scouting department, if, you know, changes there, that could have something to do with it. 
Also, if you look at it, I'm sure you're going to get to it. I'm sorry if I'm uh, overstepping my bounds. No, please. Here. But look at free agency. You yes. talked Von Miller into coming, mm-hmm. right? You t- you traded for uh, Steph. You got Stefan Diggs. That's mm-hmm. big time. That's big time. It is. It is. Uh, bringing in Cole Beasley was absolutely clutch mm-hmm. in, in Josh Allen's development. Yeah. You know, that, that was very important. John Brown helped out too. And I, I would say, uh, like every general manager, you win some and you lose some. Would I say he's elite? Well, people have been saying that Buffalo's roster top to bottom is one of the best in the NFL. That's probably true. It's tough to find fault with the general manager who has assembled that roster, a roster that is going to compete year in and year out. Now you can say, well, it's all the quarterback position and they got lucky. Maybe, but they were in position to trade up and get all but two guys in that draft. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I I think the player acquisition outside of the draft has been solid. W- would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, McDermott, I do want to point out that that 2020 squad he brought to the playoffs had no business making the playoffs. Right. That was not a very good team. And Jacksonville made it with uh, Blake Bortles at quarterback. So it was obviously a very weak AFC that year. And the Bills, they stumbled backwards into it. I mean, let's face it. But they still got to the playoffs with that roster, and that roster was not good. Do you remember the receivers on that team? That was that was the uh, you talk about the Tyrod Taylor game, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. The I mean, receivers. That's when uh, Zay Jones was Zay your Jones. best receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can say that he came out of the gates extremely well, but now that expectations are here, people are questioning it. But I have to say, from my perspective, I think he's a better coach now. I you agree. Know what? you don't question anymore is his clock management. Remember that? Oh, yeah. We used to be on that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we knew. We knew that this is first head coaching job. It's going to take him a while to settle in, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, I have no problem with the game management improving, man. But, yeah, to bring that team to the playoffs, I think that got him a lot of goodwill because that team wasn't that – I mean, we just didn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, once again, Tyrod Taylor was right. far from dynamic. Uh, we ran the football and we played good, solid defense. Ben with no break. That's our mantra. And, and we snuck in the playoffs. But that game, man, that was, oh, yeah. Brutal. That was, that was, that was the day I met Jalen for the first time. Yep. Yep. At, uh, at McFadden's. Yep. Uh, nope. No. Laughing Man? Oh, Mackey's. Man. Yeah, they they yeah. called it Mackey's. Yeah, Does, yeah. Neither here nor there. Yeah, you're right. Laughing Man, you're right. <laughs> It was, it, when I, I when I, when I had them bring the soda out in the beer pitcher, and everybody thought I was giving my son beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, oh, Jalen, you're a big boy, and uh, you said he's a man of few words, and that proved to be correct. Didn't hear a peep from him. <laughs> oh man, great time! But yeah, that game—that's what I knew. We got to move on, man. So. Right. We, that was that was the best it's gonna get. But it, once once again, it got him. You know. Got him some leeway, got him, uh, you know, 
in good graces with Bills Mafia that we could drag this thing to the playoffs. So it can only go up from here. So how does Sean McDermott compare to his contemporaries when it comes to winning percentage? And I do want to fold Brandon Bean into that as well, because like I said, tied at the hip at this point, like for better, for worse, they're stuck with each other. And it seems to work for them, right? I think so. Sean McDermott has, as I pointed out, a 639 career winning percentage, and that's six years worth. How about, now I got to ask, do you have these numbers in front of you, other coaches? I don't. Okay. So I'm going to ask higher or lower for the first six years of their coaching career. Okay. So Andy Reid in his first six years, higher or lower winning percentage? In Philly. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I cannot think of how long he was there before they started winning. So his first six years. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will say, give you a hint. They would, got to the Super Bowl in year number six. Okay. I would say lower. Andy Reid's first six years were actually higher at okay. 667. 667, okay. Went to the Super Bowl in year number six, but he did not win a Super Bowl until his 20th year. Right. So that's something with Kansas, that I, With Kansas City. With with a yeah. different team, yes. With a different team, right. That one with and, the Eagles, okay. And, and that's something that I, I think is interesting. By the way, his career winning percentage is only two points better than Sean McDermott. Yeah, 641 man. to 639. Yeah, that was a trick question, man. Come on. Take, yeah, the, sure. take that tally off about, you know, I like Okay, Wait, we'll, we'll take it off. Bill <laughs> Belichick, first six years, better or worse than McDermott? First six years in New England. Not including the Browns stint. Lower. That was higher. Six fifty six, and also in year number six, they only won ten games, yet won the Super Bowl for the third time in six years. Hmm. That guy's a douche. (laughs) So six. His is six fifty six. Yep. Okay. And, and you said, let's see, what did you say that uh, McDermott's was? 639. Okay, so it's a little bit. All right. All right. Bill Cower. Higher or lower than McDermott? Lower. He was higher by really? almost 30 percentage points. However, his career winning percentage is uh, 14. Fourteen points. I'm sorry, twelve points lower. Interesting, right? So these right. get and and I'm I'm going to make a, a point here. Okay, two more. Mike Tomlin, higher or lower? In first six years, higher. Yes, that is correct. Six fifty six versus six thirty nine. Uh, but his career winning percentage is lower. And the last one is John Harbaugh. Higher or lower in his first six years? Lower. John Harbaugh was also higher. However, his <laughs> career-winning percentage is 32 points lower. Oh, my God. I suck at this game. Okay. But here's here's the point I'm making. These are all Hall of Fame coaches, though. They are all Hall of Fame coaches, and they all came out of the gates hot, super hot. They did their best work 
out of the gates. That is because most of these guys got hired when a team was in the middle of a rebuild. And everything clicked on all cylinders in order to build the dominant teams that they ended up having. So in a lot of ways, that's what we have in Buffalo. Now, with the Bills, it wasn't linear because they won nine games, got into the playoffs in 2020. The plan all along in 2021 was to tear it down, and they did. They tore it down, and they were a terrible team that year. Mm-hmm. You have to consider how many games did they win? Uh, they won six. They were six and ten. Right. But they haven't won fewer than double digits in a season since. Right. Right. So, do we put Sean McDermott in the conversation of these Hall of Famers? Ultimately, you have to win one. You do. And and that's the caveat. And the only thing about that is, and I love the numbers, hopefully, and I pray, and I do honestly, sincerely think in my heart of hearts, it will happen in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But it's a chance it doesn't. Of course. It, you have to go somewhere else. Like, you know, uh, uh, Bill Belichick. I mean, that was his second job, right? That was, yeah. He yeah. was in utter failure in Cleveland where he coached for five years. Andy Reid did good things in Philly. He just couldn't get it done. But he got it done in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it'll happen in Buffalo, but it's a chance it couldn't. Right? So, so now my point is, and this is now I'm going to talk about what I think. They deserve the money. Mm-hmm. Would I have done it is a different question. I wouldn't have. For that reason. Me. For that reason. They deserve to get extended. But my thing is, the way I look at it, ownership, and this, now we're talking about what's your philosophy. And if you're asking Big New what your philosophy is, yeah, you want continuity. That's real big, but I own with the Pagulas. They want they like loyalty, they like continuity. Uh we're doing a good enough job just being in the playoffs and being contenders, right? But my thing is in ownership, I want leverage. And when you talk about giving people extensions, you're surrendering your leverage, mm. right? And so that's why it kind of time. That's why when we talked about Tremaine Evans talking to the kids and all this stuff and getting the contract, I want to tie that in also with. You living in Washington, me being in Richmond, I'm a Wizards fan, right? Mm-hmm. Did you hear, and I know you really don't keep up with the NBA, but did you hear about we, we traded Bradley Beal? Yeah, big trade. Okay. okay. I want to talk about this and just, just be patient with me because I'm going to tie this into our situation with Buffalo. Okay. So Bradley Beal plays for the Washington Wizards, been with us 11 years, right? He had he signed uh, last year uh, $250 million extension, right? Because mm-hmm. he says, I want to stay in Washington. My family's here. I do well in community, which he does, right? Mm-hmm. And he has a no-trade clause in his contract. Mm-hmm. He's the only player in the current NBA that has that no-trade clause, all right? 
So I say the whole and, and once again, I love Bradley Bill, and I'm gonna talk about that too because I I know Bradley Bill, right? Yeah, you know him personally. I know him personally. He's been in my house, ate my food. His friends came over and drank my liquor and well, whatever. I don't want to get all of that, but yes, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> I know him, right? And so I'm still getting a clean bill because one of his friends puked on my carpet and my wife. Oh come on, that is amateur hour. <laughs> I didn't want to say that story, but I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to just give you context, right? But yes, that's a true story. My wife's still mad about it. He owed me a cleaning bill. But listen, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, I'm giving you context. Yes, I know this guy, right? And so he got a no trade clause. I said at that time, right, I'm glad for him as the person because I love him. I love his family. But as a Wizards fan, I'm like, we shouldn't have did that. Mm-hmm. Because now you're relinquishing your power. Now he has all the power. Mm-hmm. And we saw that last week. So we event we traded him to the Suns, right? For Chris Paul and something else. A player of Bradley Bradley Bill's three-time All-Star, all NBA led the league in scoring two years ago. You should have gotten way more for that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm happy for him. He got his money. He gets to go to a winning situation, but he left our team in shambles. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that kind of goes back to what we say about turning it down. Now, the Wizards going to turn it down, but then we don't have assets to do nothing with. You know what I'm saying? So that makes it different. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I'm. so you bring this back to the Pagulas. Pagulas, now if Sean McDermott, and let's say at the next year we lose again in the second round. Once again, I'm not wishing any of this, but this could happen. What if this is as far as we could go? What if we can't get past Kansas City? What if we can't get past uh, Cincinnati? What if the Jets pass us? Right? So yes. now you don't have the leverage to make a change because once again, it might take a change. Sean McDermott could be a very good coach, right? But he, well, he already is. Guy. But he might not be the guy for this job. He might not have taken us as far as he could. We don't know yet, right? We don't know yet. But now you give him an extension. You don't have the latitude of making a change where you want to. You're relinquishing your power. And relationships, I mean, in business, it's like relationships. It's all about having leverage. Even relationships, even your marriage, you want leverage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You, you know, know what? what? Nobody wants to be known as the person that's given everything and the other person ain't given nothing. Come on. I, I got to tell you, I, I've got a buddy who I was trying to convince to come to my uh, college reunion uh, this past month. And he said, no, I can't do it. I don't want to give up hand. I'm like, what? He's like, <laughs> I need to save this for something that I want to do even more. I don't want to, I don't want to hand my wife a future win. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it is, man. Think about it. If you, if you go out with the fellas one weekend and all oh, something else come up, well, I don't want to use my past to this. I mean, it's leverage. Right. You know, that's true. It's true. Yeah. So now, I just think, so to, I know that was a long story, but I'm just saying, I feel like me personally, and this is just a fan just giving his observation. I'm, hey, you ain't nobody. You don't know nothing. You, whatever. That's fine. But I'm just looking at it. I would want the leverage to be able to get, you know, if this doesn't work out, be able to wipe my hands of it and not have to, de- you know, be in this Brad Bill situation with the Wizards. So I'm going to take a counterpoint here. All right. Uh, looking at all of these coaches who we mentioned who are certainly on their way to the Hall of Fame if they're not already in it, like Bill Cower, is that they started off really well their first six years. They all have excellent records. 
with the exception of Belichick, their career winning percentage is lower than how they began the whole thing. And the reason for that is when you're doing a rebuild, you bring in a wave of players Mm -hmm. and then they start getting older. They start getting injured. They start leaving in free agency. And what ends up happening is you need to do maybe, maybe it's another rebuild. Maybe you have to do a mini rebuild, whatever it looks like, but you don't, you're not able to sustain the success that you had from your same group because eventually you just age out of it. A lot of times general managers, and you, you see this, you see this with terrible franchises all the time. And the jets are so guilty of doing this when they sign the Anthony bars and the, uh, the Le'Veon bells of the world, because Mm -hmm. the, General manager looks at it and says, I haven't been winning. I need to do something to get wins this season. Otherwise, I'm out of here. Is there is there a, a line of thinking which is the owner saying, I know that we're going to take a step back because of what I described before. I want to hand you the keys to the stadium so that you can rebuild us the right way without making the impulsive decisions that are going to make us bad for a longer period of time. Yes, and I understand that, but you got to have contingencies in case things don't work out, right? Well, you can always fire them. Yeah. I mean... Granted, they would walk away with the money, but you can always fire them, and nobody wants to be fired, even if they are getting a payout for it, right? Right, right. I might not mind, but the rest of normal people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's everybody's philosophy, business philosophy. It's just, for me, I just, I always work. Because I remember... (laughs) I don't know. With um, with uh, what's my boy that you were just talking about? The coach uh, before uh, the fat dude, the other, yeah, the fat dude to be on TV. Well, uh, no, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan. You were paying him long. <laughs> no, I'm, fat sorry. Dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I don't mean nothing against fat because I'm fat, but the big dude. It just because I got a hundred things running through my mind right now. So with Rex Ryan, right, we were paying him long after we let him go, right? Uh, Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, see, that would burn my butt. Oh, if I were an owner, I would never want to do that. Yeah, that's see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want that. So it's like, why? I understand you, you want continuity. You want to show loyalty. I want to show you that I have faith, but I just. I understand. You, you, that's where I am with it. That's why I'm kind of like, yeah, I just, I couldn't do it. But that's why I probably would have been a great owner. I don't know. Well. I, maybe I'll be messing up. I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying that's how I look at it. Most like, of us would make bad owners. Probably. We'd be way too impulsive. Yeah. So yeah. just just to put a bow on this topic, we both think they deserve it. You wouldn't have done it. I, I would have. Okay. I would have. Um, 
are either of us going to be correct or are we both going to be completely wrong? That seems more typical of how it goes, but, <laughs> yeah. but we will see, right? Yeah. I, I, I would be very interested in what the listeners think about it. So please do add us on Twitter. I'm at the Jamie D'Amico. He is at big underscore newt. Yeah, let's talk about it. Would you do it? You know? And then uh, the two weeks ago, we were talking about uh, would you take uh, the Super Bowl tickets or would you sell them? And uh, Stu McAllister, Stu McAllister, excuse me. Who is uh, a great follow. He's hilarious, by the yes. way. He said that uh, basically he would sell the Super Bowl tickets. It will probably be a better experience. And he don't know if he could take a Super Bowl loss. You know? Mm, yeah. And then that, that I understand. Stu, I'm with you because – if you we lose and you like, man, I could have had twenty thousand dollars or eleven thousand, then dang, not you know, it's kind of like doubly bad, like, right? <laughs> you know, so. But yeah, thanks for commenting and thanks for listening to us, man. And I'm glad you reached out, man. But yeah, hit us up, man, on Twitter, man. We love to get your thoughts and interact with uh with you all. Let you you know, and if it's something that comes up, we'll shout you out just like we okay. did too. Just like we did, Stu. Um, yeah. And to wrap up a- another topic of conversation, it was almost like as soon as we released our last podcast, we got much clearer information on the Stefan Diggs situation. Hmm. Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, it's just because we were speculating what was the reason why um, during OTAs he, he missed the first day of OTAs, and, but he came in and met with him, took his physical. Um, so it turns out we thought, and I, I thought because I read on uh, read on the internet, obviously that you know the internet isn't always right. But TMC Sports, they talked about his brother getting in trouble. We talked about that. So, and it just turned out it had nothing to do with that. It turned out that he was indeed upset with his role in the offense, and I guess that was his way of showing it. And then uh, we had two days of uh OTAs and then they canceled the third day. And yeah, you're you were right when we were talking about it that this happens regularly regularly to other teams, but a lot of people speculate is that the reason why they didn't want to deal with questions and have to deal with uh why Diggs mad, blah, blah, blah. So I I, I would say that you know we, we don't know we don't know for sure. Right. Uh, what it was, but it, it seems like Diggs was unhappy with his role in the offense. So this is going to go back to McDermott. Shouldn't this have been taken care of in the off season? You would think that. Shouldn't there have been some phone calls made where things start to get smoothed over? You would think that. I Yeah. But he hasn't been around, right? You can always pick up the phone, send a text message. Yeah, they do have those things, yeah. Right. Anyway, well, but uh, I just so bringing up the Brad Bill thing, right? Yeah. And then the Tremaine Edmonds. I want to. I want to tie this and put a bow on it and ask you. We always talk about fandom, right? We all we talk about Bills Mafia. We talk about we. I feel like we're the best fan base in all of sports, right? So, how do you feel about Tremaine Edmonds? Uh, you know, a and I'm player... putting you on the spot because we didn't discuss any of this, so we're about uh, to wrap it up. I'm putting him on the spot. How do you feel about Tremaine Edmonds? Do you feel fondly, or do you feel like he left us? Like, how do you feel? I don't begrudge players for wanting the ability to pick their employer, and 
I try to set aside the fan in me because I hate it when people leave. And and like you, I hate it when they leave and then perform really well. Right. I like you when Marshawn Lynch had one of the all-time great NFL runs in the playoffs. Oh yeah. For Seattle, I was like, "Damn it." <laughs> <laughs> but if I if I look at it through the lens of these are people that have jobs just like the rest of us do. If you look at it through that lens and take the fandom out of it, I don't begrudge people for making choices about where they want to be employed. There's a lot more that goes into it than, well, why would he go to a losing team? Well, like you have said, players don't actually care if they win or lose, first of all. Secondly, choosing where you live, the type of culture, where your friends you know, do, do you want to be with people you know, people you're close with? Is there a system that you want to play in? Is there, um, you know, are, are the facilities different? Is there, you know, it, it's just, there's so much that plays into it. And also there's significant others. You have a family that you have to talk to uh, about these things as well. Players have to have the ability to make th- these types of decisions. And I, I don't have any issue with him deciding that there's another place that is better for him, even if it just comes down to making more money. How many of us purposefully take less money in life? I've done it, but not significantly less. I I wouldn't leave $4 million on the table. It's, It's hard for me. Because once again, I dealt with this, and you know, and it's like Tremaine, hey, man, you took time to come to South Carolina, support the kids, talk to them. So I'm like, man, I should always be a fan because of what you did, right? But then when the fall comes, and then we have a rookie or uh, Manikavich in there at middle linebacker, and I, I feel like you're directly hurting our team. Which hopefully we can fill the void, but maybe we don't. You but know, isn't that on Brandon Bean to fill that position with another player? Isn't that part of his job? It is. Projecting losses to the roster? It is. It is. And so I'm not blaming him because I can't blame him for going to a better situation for him and his family. But mm-hmm. when I see if we – because you can't fix everything, right? You can't resign both Tremaine and Ed Oliver. I don't I don't think if we were to sign Tremaine, I, I don't, I don't think, so. think – I don't think we would decide yeah, Oliver. So you got to anticipate, okay, filling these holes. But as we talked about in our pre-draft, it was no one there first round worthy at middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we discussed that. So it's kind of like I'm 50, I'm on the fence. Like when I'm sitting here watching, I'm like, man, that's really cool, man. Like, and once again, go to my Twitter, big underscore nude. I posted a picture of uh, Jalen's team and him talking to the team. Um, but I'm sitting there like, this is pretty cool that he took the time out to do this. But then I know it come <laughs> September, October, we're not going to have anybody that's half as good as him. And so I'm coupling this with Bradley Beal, right? You, we traded you because you held us over the fire, right? And so I, although I know him and his family, I want what's best. I know us trading him is going to set this franchise back years. Not you know, and, and so when you talk about Buffalo turning down to build it up, we did it quick. It was, I mean, it was seamless, right? 
We mm-hmm. went to the playoffs. Then we did, had a bad year. Then, boom, we were right back in the playoffs, right? Yeah, haven't missed since. And haven't missed since, right? But because Brad Bill and Przingis also got traded, we torn it, tearing it down. We don't have draft picks to build it back up. I thought right? the draft picks came with uh, came with the Beal trade. Yeah, a bunch of second round picks. Dudes is going to be in the G League and play it over in wherever. Yeah, uh, it, was second, good point. It, was no, it was no first round picks. It was especially high first round. Once again, I know you know in NBA is different than NFL, but NBA. The draft was this past Thursday. Everybody, everyone feels like the top three picks are the guys. They're they're mm-hmm. going to be the next, you know, franchise guys. Everybody else after that is just guys. True. You know, so now we got to tank and be terrible for years because we don't have a first round draft pick next year because we gave it away in the John Wall trade. So oh. I, once again, I, I know I'm going on potential about the Wizards, but I'm just saying I could live with the tear down and rebuild that we had with Buffalo because it was only one year, right? So now it's kind of like, okay, I know Brad Bill it is personable. It's personal. I know him. I wish him well. But where does that, where do you think the fandom stops with your personal relationships? That's the ultimate question I was going to ask you. And I know it's hypothetical for you because you don't know these guys. But if you feel like you did, do you think your personal relationship with Trump? how you feel about your team. Because once again, I, you know, one of my best friends played in the NFL, but I was still a Bills fan and he knew it. Like he never took exemption for it. But our other friends did. Like, you should be all on board with the New Orleans Saints, man. That's your best friend. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, sure. But when they played the Bills in 99, right before we went to the playoffs with Flutie, I was there in New Orleans and we beat the snot out of them. I said it. I was like, I hope my boy do well, but I need Buffalo to win. <laughs> right? And I made no bones about it. Everybody think that's crazy. But it would have been easy for me to jump on their bandwagon. I'm just not a bandwagon dude. Right. So so now it's like, do you cheer? And I'm wrapping all this up by saying, <laughs> do you cheer for the guys you know? So do we cheer for Tremaine Edmonds because he came and talked to Jalen's team and I like him? Do I cheer for Bradley Bill now with the Suns? Even though what you did inevitably hurt the Wizards? I think you root for players who you, if you have a relationship with them and you think they're a good dude, you always root for that person independent of your team allegiance. But do you root for their team? No. Okay. No, I, I, I don't see why you would switch the teams that you root for. If you worked for, for a team, then yes, you have to, you have to root for the team that you work for. Imagine being the general manager of the Buffalo Bills, but you're rooting for the the Jacksonville Jaguars to win. <laughs> but if you're still, if you grew up a fake and you turn that off, like I worked at Florida State, right? A lot of those kids was in my classes. I worked with all, you know, but I still like Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. when Notre Dame came to town, I just didn't say nothing. I just sat there and watched. But I can't be like, okay, I want Florida State to win. Cause that's my, that's Notre Dame. I love Notre Dame. Yeah. So I don't. So if you work there, I know it's different, and then I know why visit college and pros is different. But I don't think I can just turn it off. Now, now I can suppress it. I could, like I said, when I went to the game, I didn't wear anything. I didn't cheer. I didn't say nothing. My wife worked eleven years at Georgetown. We go to the game. You, I, you came to a game with me before, haven't you? No. 
You never came to a game? Never did invite me. Well, you can come to a game this year, all right? Punk. Oh, I, I, I will join you. Okay. <laughs> you about to go off of me. You go to your bring your wife. Like, oh, but, oh, this year? Oh, never mind. Never mind. I, I take it all back. <laughs> but been there for Georgetown for years, right? I know all the coaches. I work their camps. Love the families. But when Michigan comes, I'm a Michigan basketball fan. Michigan comes to town. I just sat there and be quiet. And, and to anybody who has ever missed it, when uh, he goes and attends a game that is on television, he ends up on television. The big they, newt, you can spot him from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> they just like putting the camera on big people. That's all that is. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. So anyway, that's what my friends and I have been talking about this week. Like, okay, do you go with the people you know or is your, fan, your allegiance to your team no matter what? Well, it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation, and yeah. I, I find it I find it interesting in that if you ask people around the league, they you know, a lot of the players are very friendly with each other. They root for each other, of course they do, right? But they still try to beat them, right? Right. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Give us your thoughts. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think. I'm at the Jamie D'Amico, and he is at big underscore newt. Because what else? What else would be your Twitter handle, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> anyway, thank you everybody who has joined us and uh, sat with us the entire time, Newt. It was a pleasure speaking to you, as it always is, and as we always do. Let's end it with a song, baby. Hey, hey, hey. let's go, Buffalo.